Hey, everybody. They say if you want friends, don't discuss politics or religion. Well, we're not going to discuss religion, but I hope we can still be friends. Talking about last night's debate up next on The Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. President Barack Obama's campaign team is working hard to preserve their narrow polls lead after a debate largely dominated by challenger Mitt Romney. One Obama campaign advisor says that Romney may have put on a good performance, but much of what he said is not rooted in fact. Despite some of these factual disputes, Romney's strong showing is expected to put some energy back into his campaign. And while one debate will not swing the election one way or another, this does help cement that the election is still winnable for the Republican challenger. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is cracking down on online pharmaceutical companies that have been selling potentially unsafe and in some cases counterfeit drugs. Today's actions have been taken against more than 4,100 web-based pharmacies worldwide. With the help of over 100 countries, sites have been taken down and drug supplies seized. The move was part of the fifth annual International Internet Week of Action, which is meant to help stop the sale of dangerous medicines online. Counterfeit drugs taken between September 25th and October 2nd added up to 3.7 million doses, worth an estimated $10.5 million. New claims for unemployment benefits rose by a mere 4,000 last week, furthering a downward trend from the week before. The smaller numbers are supporting the hopes that a job market is on the mend. Despite the encouraging news, job growth still seems to be hampered by policy worries about the looming spending cuts and the so-called fiscal cliff. With Congress not planning on acting until at least after the election, businesses are wary of ramping up hiring in what could be unstable economic times. But while hiring may still be slow, companies also don't seem eager to lay off current employees. Social media giant Facebook has finally hit the 1 billion monthly user mark. This means that nearly one out of every seven people in the world logs onto Facebook at least once every month. And the site has doubled the 500 million monthly users hit just over two years ago. Worldwide, only 2.5 billion people actually have access to the Internet, so nearly half of all the people online are using the social media page. Despite the milestone, the company's founder, Mark Zuckerberg, admitted to the Today Show that Facebook is going through a rough patch. After the botched initial public offering early this year, Facebook stock has been struggling to recover, and Zuckerberg has been on a constant mission to build investor confidence. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your guide on the side. We do what we can on our program every day to help you and your loved ones grow healthier, happier lives. Welcome to the program, this post-debate euphoria. You feeling it? Are you now in the game? Are you now loving this race? Mm. Do you love the smell of sweaty debaters? (laughs) 
that, uh, no. Anyway, uh, we're talking about politics today. Now, apparently, it divides families. I don't quite understand it. It, uh, to me, um, it doesn't divide us. No one in my family likes politics but me. So it just gives me some quiet time alone in a room to do what I like to do by myself and watch these people fight. But I really liked last night. So we're going to be talking to an expert, Rudd Hopkins. Uh, he likes to be called the man, the myth, the legend. He uh, is uh, study, a graduate student studying um, political science. He also works here at uh, BYU Broadcasting and really is a great guy. Um, you know, has a few shortcomings. We don't like to get into those on the air. But, you know, the parole officer says, you know what, if he'll just follow the process, he'll be through and there will be no lingering effects. So we're going to have Rudd on in the show in a minute. We're going to be bringing him on. We've also got, of course, the entire gang, just the gang of what do we call our team? The gang of fools, somebody was thinking. The, the misfits. The no. misfits are going to be on as well. And uh, we've got a lot of news today. We're going to go through a little bit of the headlines and news. Then we're going to get in. We've got a really fun game about campaign songs because we're going we're to be testing all of the campaign songs out there. We're going to get in with Rudd and talk about uh, how to keep uh, politics civil. You know, it doesn't have to be a blood sport. Nobody needs to die. And we're going to talk about that. We're also going to... Um, Play a few other games, a little fact-checking. We're going we're gonna to cover it all. Today is the day of politics, and we're going to try to do it in a nonpartisan way because, and really focus more on the human side of politics. Because like, there was a moment – I don't know if you saw it. Think back to the debate. At the very end of the debate where they brought on – where Mrs. Obama comes on and Mrs. Romney comes on and all of the kids. And they all come in in this very real, supposedly real moment. Hi. Oh, my gosh, Michelle. How are you? And you don't hear this, but this is what they're saying. But they got to not like each other. Like seriously. You know what I mean? They just got to really not like each other. Um, or at least that's what I would do. I'd be petty like that. So – what do you think they were saying, really? Not saying, sorry, because they would say, hey, all oh, your dress is to die for, stuff like that. What do you think they were thinking? Hmm? I'm opening it up. I, I wonder if it was a surreal moment. Sure. You know, I bet they were kind of like, oh, you did so well. Oh, my not Really? Yes. That was really dumb that you said that. Mitt is so smart. Not. Yeah. You think? <laughs> what were you going to say? What were you going to say, Rob? I was going to say, I almost wonder if it was a surreal moment where you, you obsess about this person yeah. for for years, you know, and then yeah. it's like, wow. Wow. I, I gave him a hug on stage. Holy and cow. They're We're real. smiling and talking. <laughs> um, so as we sit there and we, I mean, honestly, and then your kids are being introduced to the president. This is my son and my other 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 son <laughs> and their son. This is my grandson, my first son's son's grandson. So it's my, I mean, my grandson. And, but it's got to be a really uh, interesting moment. And so, I mean, by the way, totally human moment. So have you ever, like, gone to a party and there was that one person that you vowed that you'd kill if you ever saw him? And then they're at the party? Okay, that's what he was feeling last night. And then, pure and awkward. Totally awkward. But it's funny. It's in front of everybody. So then you've got to act like it's not awkward. But they did show a picture, and it's sad because pictures, they say they're truth. They're not truth. Except there was a picture with uh, Mrs. Obama looking over kind of at Mitt. 
like I could crush she, you. She was looking at him. <laughs> she was looking at him sideways. Yeah, yeah. sideways yeah, looking. Saw that, like, just uh. with her teeth gritting teeth. And she's like, I could crush your neck right now. <laughs> but it's it's that's not what she was thinking. But that's the picture they caught. So wouldn't that be weird? And it's public. You can't run away. And then it's interesting at the end. I don't know. If, I, this is how I just think. But Mitt, you know, at the end, he shook hands and everyone's been hugging. Bye. We're saying goodbye to everybody. But then Mitt still has to run back and get his notes. <laughs> yeah. I left my notes. And you don't want anyone to get your notes. So he's got to go get his notes and get all of his stuff. Isn't it weird? They're human. These people are human. Okay? In the middle of this show, I usually need to go to the bathroom. Um, and I don't want to be personal here, but I will. You know, it's human, and then it's also 32 ounces of beverage coursing through my system. But I'll need to go to the bathroom. What happens in the middle of an hour and a half debate when you got to go? What do you do? You dance. You dance. Now, and then everybody's getting down on Obama. Like, man, where was Obama? Obama? I think New York Times called him Xanax president or whatever. Um, you know what? What if he just had? What if he had bad sushi right before? I I could I would not have performed as well as he did if I had bad sushi well, yeah. because I've had bad sushi. You've had it and you were horrible. <laughs> it's I awful. hated it that day. Um <laughs> but so when you think about it, he's just a human, right? Mitt's just a human. They're all just a bunch of humans. And then I loved last night. We're going to get into it with Rudd because I loved it cuz I didn't have anyone else interfering with my interpretation of the event. I had 90 minutes to just watch him mess it up. <laughs> Or, you know, do great or whatever. But I, it was all me. I didn't need anybody else telling me anything. I didn't need Rudd Hopkins just sticking his little nose in and telling me how it's going to be. Sorry to put you down, Rudd, before we've even put you on the air. <laughs> but I just I, I could just absorb it myself. So we're going to talk to Rudd. And then how do we keep civility in our family and in our politics? I think the best way to do it, just this is kind of my news story, is we just we no longer let the press talk about politics. We just let them debate. Agreed. You know what I mean, I like that. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. And I think they need to do it at like like mixed martial arts. <laughs> Don't you think? Not not violent, <laughs> but just in a ring. Let them duke it out. See who yeah. who comes out on. I top. loved it because it was just clean, and you could just see everybody had a shot. Anyway. I digress. Okay, let's go to some headlines. We've got the misfits, apparently, and their headlines. What headlines have you brought? I've got a good one. I guess I've given you mine. Bryce, BT, what you got? I can see you got the look in your eye. I've, I've got a little science other for you. Stuff other stuff other than politics. Other than politics, which we're going to get into. We will, for sure. So I really like science, and I really like space. So Now tell them. you got to tell them, because we were talking about this off air. you got to tell them who your best friend is. Who not your best friend, but that you have a oh. poster on your wall. Oh. Uh, Matt claims that uh, I've got. Oh, 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 oh. oh, sorry. Was that? Did I poke no, holes let me in your? I'll just say it. Okay. Bill Nye, the science guy. Just admit it. Really? You have a poster. He's an important um, <laughs> feature, feature of my childhood. Yeah. Okay. Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill Nye. You, I hear the song mm-hmm. and I immediately want to dance. <laughs> I'm sorry. Bill but, Nye, the science uh, Headlines guy. today. What? <laughs> He's Bill Nye, the science guy. <laughs> <laughs> the Curiosity rover hanging out on Mars. Yes. Okay. Lonely, lonely rover. Right. He's got two other rovers out there somewhere, but he's nowhere. Near but they're them. disabled, right? No, they're still going. Oh, they're all going. They're all still going. They're solar powered, so they're just cruising around. They go forever. Uh, Curiosity rover is ready to play in the Martian sandbox. Okay, Ooh, that's okay. what they're calling Let's it. So, it. pretty much. The rover has been going around. They've been testing the instruments, making sure everything mm-hmm. works. I mean, it did travel from Earth 
to a whole other planet Hello. and then smack on that planet. It's had a long journey. It has, okay? Um, but they've, they've rolled around. They've got everything figured out. Everything's working. So now they're ready to scoop up some Martian sand. Now, this is kind of a – this is important yeah. because we've done this before. Right. Last time we did it, we, we messed with the dirt. Yeah. And, it, and the dirt behaved like there was something in it. Kitty litter. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Okay, we did this years and years no. ago, but we didn't have particularly complex instruments. So, so, we, so they said, okay, something's going on, but we don't know what it is. This is cool. We'll try again later. Now it's later. Here it is. So we're going to give it a try, and we're going to see what's going on oh in the Oh, my Martian heavens. Soil. See if we have any friends hanging out in there. What if they pull out a toe? <laughs> I would be terrified. Guess what, though? Because I have a story that goes with that. Okay, good. They found a prosthetic on a mummy. Is that what they call it? A prosthesis on a mummy. A prosthetic <laughs> toe. So some King Tutish-like figure lost a toe, right? Obviously in a battle. <laughs> that was he, was just, your he was just wearing just his flip-flops way too like, tight. Oh, I stubbed my toe. I lost oh, my there toe. There it goes. <laughs> and he fa- they, so they found this mummy that has the world's oldest prosthetic device. That's what they're going to pull out on Mars. <laughs> Okay, work with me here, Bill. Okay, Knight. okay. They're going to pull out from an Egyptian mummy something sometime between 950 and 710 BC is when this guy lived. And he had a fake toe. But the toe actually works. Like it, they've tested it, they've rebuilt a toe. And it has to go with a sandal, duh. You couldn't just have your toe, you had to have a sandal. And they tested it later with some students that had lost their big toe obviously in war and they <laughs> and they made these guys walk 10 meters like did a 10 meter walkway barefoot and they proved that the egyptian styled prosthetic toe was highly effective and like like i think it was like 85% effective compared to today's not that amazing that is we've come awesome. so far in so, 3000 years i know see but we would we only thought the the prosthetics were you know are making. Hello. We thought we were cool. We we're thought not. we were cool. We're not. So were you done with Mars? Because I'm sure we found the toe. Yeah, Mars is good. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what Curiosity finds. Do you want to make a wager? Not that we wager, but do you want to make a wager <laughs> about what they'll pull out of there? Um, I would not be surprised if there's some germy, germ-like things hanging out in the soil. I wouldn't be surprised. Like germy-like things. Like little organ, like algae-like organisms. Like a paradise from Vegas. Maybe. Those are pretty jerky. What if they pull out paradise? <laughs> Fuzzy dice. <laughs> Go on some old Cadillac. What if what if we find something really strange? Like um uh what's his name? Who is the guy, the mafioso guy that uh disappeared? Oh. What if we find Oh, uh Hoffa. 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 What if we Jimmy find Hoffa. like something that says Hoffa like it's some bling <laughs> from Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> huh? Answer that would to all pose, of our questions. Uh, actually, it would create so many more. Uh, very true. <laughs> I think they're just going to find a rock. That's cool. Anybody else got news that can beat or trump either of our news pieces, which I think are fantastic? Well, you might be talking about toes, but I have something about apparently a monkey face or something oh, like that. Oh, yes. So there was this um, 19th century fresco that this elderly woman tried to restore. In a church. Yeah, in a church, but it just did not yeah. work out well at all. 
And and so people have kind of been calling it like the Jesus monkey type yeah. of thing. So it was, a, it was a painting of Christ, and one of the parishioners in this Catholic church climbed up and decided she was going to restore it. Yep. And she started— <laughs> she, she finger-painted it. She started to restore it, and let's just say it got away from her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the face kind of started to smear and spread. And so I'm pulling up the picture of it, it here. It is. It's pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So it looks like a monkey face is what they're saying. And sadly, like the eye had moved like up to the forehead. like something a kindergartner would yeah. do. It's, it was sad. It's just not good. But, but you know what? Just let's do the human factor on that for a second. What do you think went through her mind? Like the first time she's like, oh, uh-oh. Oh, and then, oh, okay, I'll fix it. Oh. And then about now, oh, You know oh, how you geez. have a project what that just, it, it, it just gets keeps away slipping away. <laughs> it's getting worse yeah. You know, you're, you're trying so hard with this thing, and you're like, yeah. I've come so far. I, if I just work on it a little You know what? Same fine. thing it happened just, with my PhD. <laughs> it just kept slipping, and then it got uglier and uglier <laughs> and uglier. So then but, we tell – this is what's hilarious. So, like, apparently now, if you don't have an idea for Halloween, because you know it's coming up, yeah. um, this can now be your costume. <laughs> oh, no. They had, they had a costume at the anime weekend in Atlanta – um, last month, and it's seriously, it's oh, <laughs> it's, it's like something terrifying. out of my nightmare. It's, right? it's like a, it's just so terrible. What's that called? It's like a nylon. You just you yeah. put a nylon over your face, <laughs> and then you draw the eyes really weird and smear the face. So it's like the nose is in the same place, uh-huh. um, but then like you put like something protruding from about right above your eyebrow, and that's the cheekbone. See nightmares, There's, nightmares. <laughs> the no. eye is on your right in your forehead, and then your other eye is like kind of where it's. Should be, but definitely slanted, and then just like this mass of hair. <laughs> that's art. What's that? That's modern art. What's that called? That's impressionism. Wear that as a costume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, not. It's not. <laughs> it's an okay. It's a costume. It's, it's an expressive thing. It's an. It's a. It's a. Yeah. Okay. Here's yeah. the deal. That that that's a great costume, <laughs> and I'm just going to challenge you right now as we're on the third of October. The challenge is you're we're wearing. Is it the fourth? I'm sorry. Oh, can somebody it adjust happens. my watch? It's, um, <laughs> Unless the, uh, you're listening to the repeat on Friday. That's true. Then it is the <laughs> fifth. Um, what I want – we're going to challenge you right now, team. You're all wearing costumes. We're wearing costumes for a holiday show, a Halloween show. It's a good oh, thing yeah. this is a visual show. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to we put that, we're gonna put that on costumes. the internet. Okay. Can you okay. imagine us walking into the building and the receptionist is going to look at us like, what, what in the world are you wearing oh, to work? Sad. Actually, that might make it worth <laughs> but it. But I've already dubbed that one. That one's mine. I get okay. to be the impressionist painting. Oh, kids. Okay. Well, that's the news. And see, it's the human factor. When we come back, we're going to be bringing on Rudd Hopkins, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he's actually... Um, Watched the debates last night. That's about all he's ever done in politics. Uh, and he has got, he's got a ton of experience. And he's going to be edifying us, sharing how to get through the, uh, politi- the political world without killing somebody that you care about. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Next, we'll explain how NASA software telescopes the waiting lines in hospitals so everybody gets their turn. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Of all the places to have to sit around and wait, a hospital has to rank as one of the worst. 
You're sick. You need a special x-ray or scan, so you take time off from work and schedule an appointment. But then a sudden accident fills the ER with unexpected emergency patients, and everyone's schedule gets disrupted. Getting all the schedules to line up again for all the patients and staff could take days or longer. NASA has already solved this problem. Only the waiting room was 569 kilometers up in orbit. The Hubble Space Telescope is a singular science resource, quite literally. One little peephole on infinity with a line of thousands lined up for their turn to use it, not unlike an expensive medical scanning facility in a hospital. So it was logical that Hubble's flexible scheduling software be adapted to manage another kind of viewing resource. The software, called OnQ, already shows results. Staff overtime was reduced at one hospital by over a third, while seeing 12% more patients in the same time span. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. BYU Radio is your home for BYU football coverage. Cougars take the lead! And after each week's game, break down the action with Coach Mendenhall and Greg Rubel. The only things really that change regarding this game is managing the environment. We've chosen to put up more barriers and filters just to try to keep the team able to focus just on playing the game. Don't miss BYU football with head coach Bronco Mendenhall. Live this Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time here on the home of Cougar Sports. Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. As you're uh, improving, getting healthier from the debate last night, we are talking politics here on the Matt Townsend Show, and we um, we really just want to to not get into the political side. I think there's plenty of shows out there that take care of the politics and the political side. Uh, what we want to talk about is kind of the human side of politics and debate, and nothing is more human or political than their music. We have amazingly beautiful songs in our culture, in our world, and anytime a candidate chooses one, they're obviously choosing it for a very important reason. I'm joined right now by Rudd Hopkins, a, uh, a student, uh, a graduate student here at Brigham Young University in political science. He also works for BYU Broadcasting. He loves politics. He's studying politics. He's passionate about it. Rudd, do you know a lot about the music that candidates have used? Um, you know, I I can't say a whole, I know a whole lot about the music. You don't they listen play, to music, do you? But I did do a little bit of advertising before yes, I came here to okay. BYU Broadcasting, and I would definitely say that music has the ability to make you dance. Yes, so and honestly, politicians can help you dance. But then you're you going to vote for them. Do you think most politicians should be dancing? I mean, seriously, I think Chris that they verbally dance. They might as well physically dance. That's true, though, huh? Yeah, they do. Uh, do you want to see Hillary Clinton out there dancing? <laughs> I, I don't know if Chris, I want to see Chris Hillary Christie, Clinton Mitt doing a whole lot more I don't want to see any of them dancing. Doing. No, well, Barack Obama, President Obama has like already had footage on YouTube of him dancing Well, in fact, Jay Leno, Jay Leno had footage about Mitt Romney dancing. Oh, yeah. That wasn't real. Yeah. That, that was fake. No, that was real fake. <laughs> it could have been both. I agree. <laughs> That's different. But, you know, President Obama has some vocal cords. He does. He's, He's got some pipe Some soul. He's, he does have some soul. Okay, we're going to listen to some songs. Now, Rob, how have you set this up? We're going to be 
Well, testing. Rod was telling me that back in 1952, was it, Eisenhower? That's correct, yes. How do you know this? You're not that old. Um, You've read a book? I have a grandpa. Okay. <laughs> Rudd talks to his grandparents. Um, so in 50, this yeah, so is from 52. Do you want me to expound on that? Yes. Okay. So in 1952, there was a presidential race between Pre- or Eisenhower, yeah. Dwight D. Eisenhower. Yeah. And then there was also Adelaide Stevenson, uh, who was his opponent. Yes. Eisenhower, well, we don't need to name parties, do we? Right. No. Anyway, so the fact was they were running against each other. Eisenhower, Eisenhower. A, a colonel, a general. Cur- yeah. Wasn't he? He was General a great, Dwight Eisenhower. General Dwight Eisenhower, the man. And the myth, the legend, and the one everyone loved. Yeah, the other one. What happened in 1952 was, I don't think it was Eisenhower himself, but the campaign hired advertising executives to yes. shape their campaign. Okay. So they brought in the executive that formed the same campaign that created Melts in Your Mouth, Not in Your Hands Ooh. from M&M's. Yes. They took that same advertising executive and created Eisenhower's campaign. Ike for president, Ike for president, Ike for president, Ike for president. You like Ike, I like Ike, everybody likes Ike for president. Wow. Hang out the that's that's catchy. Hip and trendy. Now, hold on. Now, he won? He did. With that? A landslide. But it, who, who's for president? Ike. So, you're right. It's Ike. That's it, his nickname. That's his it. nickname. But he, he created commercials that addressed each segmentation of his campaign. So, he made oh, one cool. with women that was interacting. Mm-hmm. They were animated. They yeah. weren't actors. But they made for one for, for each demographic. And he is this the won beginning then of like adverti- big advertising getting involved in politics? This is basically the birth of yeah. advertising in politics. Okay, if you listen to it, it's kind of got that that screechiness of that's the cats in the background. <laughs> they loved Ike's and cats. Somebody's yeah. rubbing cats on the. As you can imagine, though, as the decades went by, the kind of sung jingle approach got kind of. Yeah, dated. I bet it changed a bit. They, well, they realized there's all these great musicians in Hollywood uh-huh. who are doing real pop songs. Thought, well, why don't we, we just steal them. their song? So what then? What happened? Yeah, well, who, they started taking pop songs. Who now, was next? Well, hmm. the what, Supremes. Okay, so guess and see which campaign used this song. It's from Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, I love this song. Okay, have to be about the seventies. It has to be the 70s. 1970. But this song, isn't it like Don't Bring Me Down? No, what's it called? Bridge Over Troubled Waters. Waters. Oh, my. Sounds like Vietnam. This is Nixon. I'm going to go with Johnson. Is this Johnson? 1972. It was a person who did not win. Oh, Oh. well, I wouldn't know who that is anyway. Simon. Paul Simon. They, They ran. McGovern of 1972. McGovern. This was his song. That is a cool song. Well, I guess. Well, that just brings up the topic that they had candidates this year that were actually using popular songs. Yeah. And the artists that recorded them said, yeah, don't no, use it. You can't I don't use want my you. music. You're not sharing the same views I have. Isn't that interesting? I like that. And McGovern should have won that one. Exactly. If Great song. song. Yeah. Presidents have bad <laughs> songs. <laughs> who else? Here's, here's from another one who did not win the presidency. Oh, here. Rocky Balboa. Oh, man. I didn't know Rocky no, ran. No, Adrian. It was in the 1980s, clearly. Uh, this would have to be, um, who's the guy that was from Massachusetts? Oh, this would be. 
that uh, wore the funny helmet in the tank and ruined his entire career. I have no idea. Governor okay. of Massachusetts. He was asked a question about his wife oh, in no. a debate. Is that the oh, one? I don't know. About the de- death penalty? Well, I don't remember that. No. He lost to Ronald Reagan in 1984. And he was, was it Ma, uh, Mondale? Walter, Walter Mondale. Mondale. Yeah. That was his song? Walter Mondale? Song? See, I think the song has to fit you. Oh, my goodness. Did you know that he only, the only state that he won the polls in was his home state? Oh, Ronald Reagan took the all of the other states. I like that. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty dominant. Yeah. And you know what? Rocky aside, that's yeah. pretty dominant. Matt, there's so many interesting stories with these, but it looks like we're coming up on news. Do we want to roll this into the next? Yes, for sure. Um, maybe just, maybe just lead us out with the next one, and we'll come back and talk okay, about so it. Okay, so see if you can guess which president used this, uh, or a presidential or hopeful. Candidate, yeah. He didn't, he didn't become president. Use this song. Neil Diamond, dude. How come I know the singers and the music, but I don't know the candidates? Oh, yeah. Okay, we're coming back. Just soak this in for a minute and see if you can remember the candidate. Neil Diamond, my friend. This changed my life driving to school. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back with more debate discussion right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. This Saturday and Sunday, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio, is proud to bring you all four general sessions of the semi-annual General Conference of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Tune in at noon and 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and Sunday for General Conference live from the Conference Center in Salt Lake City on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Turkish artillery strikes on Syrian border towns were stepped up today in a continued backlash against a mortar shell from Syria that killed five Turkish citizens. The artillery shelling killed several Syrian soldiers, and now Turkey's parliament has approved further military action if any more cross-border combat occurs. Syria's government attempted to defuse the situation by apologizing for the mortar through the United Nations, assuring Turkey that it would not happen again. The Turkish prime minister says that the approval of further deployment of troops to the area in the case of any more aggressive action from Syria is meant to act as a deterrent. He also stated that Turkey is not seeking war as the consequences of it can plainly be seen in Iraq and Afghanistan. After a lackluster performance at the first presidential debate last night, President Barack Obama has been on the offensive today, trying to regain ground against Mitt Romney. At a campaign rally, the president said Romney was untruthful during the debate by claiming his tax cut plan would not increase the deficit by $5 trillion, a point the Obama campaign has been pushing the Romney campaign on for months. President Obama's senior campaign strategist says they will be adjusting their campaign to respond to the debate and change up tactics on how the president will use his time in the coming debates. Over three weeks after the attack on the U.S. embassy in Libya that killed four Americans, sensitive information has still not been secured from the wrecked building. 
documents detailing weapons collection programs, emergency evacuation protocols, and the full itinerary of the late Ambassador Chris Stevens are strewn around the easily accessible remains of the compound, according to a Washington Post reporter who visited the site yesterday. The unsecured documents further complicate the Obama administration's effort to respond to what has become a major foreign policy issue just weeks before the November 6th election. California-based company SpaceX is getting set to launch their second Dragon capsule to the International Space Station. The launch is set for this Sunday and is the first of 12 deliveries contracted to SpaceX by NASA for $1.6 billion. If all goes well, the Dragon will be docked at the ISS for a few weeks, dropping off food, clothing, and science experiments, and will return to the Earth at the end of October with completed experiments. With the shuttles grounded, private companies are one of NASA's only outlets to keep the station stocked. Russian, Japanese, and European governments are the only other programs capable of sending supplies. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking politics, and of course, a lot of shows would actually want to get in and just start tearing that debate apart, not us. We are actually dancing around it like a bunch of showgirls, just doing what we can to not have to get into the mire of politics, but instead try to show you the human side. And what we've been talking about uh, before the break was the impact that their music has. And we've been going through a little bit. Now, before we left, we had a little Neil Diamond going. And this apparently was the theme song of one of the campaigns. I'm with Rudd Hopkins, who is our resident political expert. Rudyard. Will you, uh, Rudd, you're going to have to guess this one. Let's, uh, there it is. All right. Coming to America. We know that. Yeah. Um, So it wasn't Kennedy. We know it no. wasn't Kennedy. Well, uh, I, I, I mean, I hate to date the song, but I, I don't know. All I can Let, think of is Carrie because he was a veteran as well. No, Dole, Dole, no, no. It was from Dukakis '88. Oh, Dukakis oh, was the one we were thinking of. <sighs> During the break, they were talking about that too. That's Dukakis. Uh, okay, ready? Here's okay. from a yeah. winner. Of a a winner. Okay, let's a see. Winner. Let's also see if the winners had better music. Uh, okay. Yeah. If it. Oh. Oh, this is yeah. old. No, this land didn't. is your land, and this land is my land. Oh, my heaven. Is that my grandpa? California, yeah. <laughs> New York. Okay, island. that's got to be way back. Way back. Like, it sounds like right when the the um, phonogram, is that what they called it? It sounds was like invented. A, you know, I'm, I might go with, like, as old as Truman. No! I, I was going to say Truman. Who? It's from the successful campaign of of Bush 88. What? You're kidding. I wasn't even born yet, so that's okay. I didn't need to listen to that. But you know what? It makes sense. <laughs> Don't you think? Well, I th- it makes sense. I He's just guess. calm, laid back. This land is your land, man. Right. This land is my land. Right. Okay, guess Tell this one. <laughs> winner. Oh, this is a winner. This is Bill Clinton. Yeah. yeah. Winner. Oh, play, it, play it all the way through. I want to I mean, play a little bit. Matt, we want to see your dance now, too. Give us a presidential dance. I would, but I'd It's my not a visual out. show. <laughs> they can't see you. See, I remember this. These guys rocked it. 
Bill Clinton was quite Stop. a politician. I respect him as a politician. And he picked good music. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, that up against have this up. man who didn't pick his love. relationships no, very well. No, but who does? I no. mean, really. You're right. But, but you have that up against this land is your land, this, this is a, land is yeah. my land. It's, you know, but musically, but that's no contest. But it was just like, whoo. You're okay. right. That's good. What's another one? This is easy. Now, yeah. this one's Give me a, hard a one. trick question. Uh-oh. Don't back down. Don't back down. That's what they should have been telling Obama last night. Don't back down now. What's your guess? Okay. Which campaign used that? That's going to be Kerry. No! Who would you have said, Rudd? I I would have said a lot more recent than that. Who? Okay, so here's what's interesting. In 2000, Bush used this. Until Tom Petty sued and said, you can't do Oh, that's right. Tom then when mad. Al Gore called to concede to President Bush on the phone initially, yeah. Tom Petty performed this on Al Gore's lawn. And then a few weeks ago at the Democratic Convention, after Bill Clinton's speech, they played, played this again. song. Oh, So it's wow. been used by, like, Clinton, Obama, it's a Bush, and Gore. Anthem. Okay. Well, I believe the same thing happened with uh, Paul Ryan, where he played a song, and they asked the artist asked him not to play yeah. it at all. What is that? The artists are against, apparently, the Republicans. I'll mm. be darned. Some people like certain politicians, and some don't. Maybe yeah. Paul Ryan can't dance. Okay, mm. guess this one. <laughs> this you is again. Ain't this, seen nothing yet. This has got to be Clinton because this—he's kind of the rocker. Oh wow! I'll catch you off guard. No. Okay. No. This is going to be uh, t- uh, Romney. Nope. No. Um. Maybe. Who have we just Reagan? Not, uh, ooh, Reagan. Or who have we not seen anything from yet? Al Gore, two thousand. Hmm. This is hard. We won't mention I was off by a decade. Oh. That's a name that's, the artist. Uh, Van Halen's yes. right now. Oh, yes. we oh. I've never seen you move that fast. Yeah. This is uh, Obama. Nope. No. Man. Wow. Obama. It's got to be like recent. Sorry, what was the title again? Van Halen's right now was used by Bush after he had to stop using the Tom Petty song. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Van Halen likes him then, I guess. This is a good song. This reminds me of dances growing up. This reminds me of Sean Hannity. This is has got to be Obama because Sonny loves that. Yeah, this sounds you know modern, hip, recent. Obama. No. Thanks. That was used by John Kerry in 2004. U2's beautiful day. And then finally, yeah. This one, if you stop and listen to the lyrics, in fact, I'm just going to tell you who used this because it's almost kind of. I feel bad. Why it's, would you pick it's this? It's gotta song? be Nixon. I almost wonder <laughs> I almost wonder if it was a joke on the article I, I found that said this. <laughs> Apparently John McCain in two thousand eight okay. used this. Not a good chance. <laughs> Has no chance. You know, I think I just thought of my new song, Whenever I Run for President, and it would be Jesus Take the Wheel. (laughs) I'm appealing to the evangelical See that? You'd win the vote. Jesus Take the Wheel of the country. Yeah, you know what? Take a chance (laughs) is just not what you go with. What I feel really bad is the line, Yeah. you know, if you're not inclined to vote for the first in line, 
Yeah. I'm still take around. You could take a chance. They're still me. Take a chance. What's the worst thing that could happen in the worst economy ever? Lose. I guess it could be worse. You could you could have the song be like Send in the Clowns. That's a famous old song. That'd be bad. Oh. Anyway. <sighs> okay. Well, that was fun. We passed. I we... guess. We... <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. yeah, we did. Yeah. Well, as uh, we've been talking about campaign song branding here, Rob Sanders decided to take a look at what songs this election's candidates are using. So I decided to go online and see what songs our two major presidential candidates are using to brand themselves at campaign stops. I started with the president's challenger, Mitt Romney. He's using this track. It's called Born Free from Kid Rock, who tends to lean conservative politically, which is a tough find in the entertainment business. I only think Leonard Skinner, Trey Zadkins, Ted Nugent, and maybe Glee Greenwood are some of the only performers in Hollywood who might be inclined to click Romney's name on a ballot in November. But as I listened to the track, I realized, even though I didn't know the name of it, I already do associate it with Mitt Romney. Branding accomplished. So then I looked up Barack Obama. Off the top of my head, I can't think of what song he uses. And as I watch YouTube videos of his campaign stops, it seems clear that his staffers seem less inclined to brand him to one song, but rather to use kind of a mixtape, one of 29 tracks and counting. Let's He might walk on the stage to a little Motown from Al Green. Perhaps he might use Bruce Springsteen on a stop in Iowa. See La Cruz. Dirk Bentley. And this one's a little bit of a head scratcher. Will Smith's daughter Willow. I mean, I guess the right occasion could come up, but it's certainly not a track I'd normally associate with a presidential campaign. Now, the Washington Post points out an advantage of this mixtape approach. You can tailor the music to whatever enthuses that specific crowd at that specific place that day. It'll be interesting to see if this strategy works or if it just models the president's brand so voters really don't associate him with any song. Wow, you know that's it's uh, it's interesting. Why choose one song when you could have twenty nine? Best of all worlds. Because then you can use the song in what I mean, depending on where you are in the country. Throw a little western on when you're in Texas, Oklahoma. Yeah, demographics. Throw on important. some, you know, I don't know, just some kind of Cuban song, <laughs> salsa, salsa. Yeah, I'm sure he was singing in that song too. I wonder what they'd sing in. Oh, a little Motab when you're in Utah. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Or Justin Bieber. <laughs> Justin Bieber's hot here. <laughs> okay, well, we're coming back. When we come back, we got Rudd Hopkins here, uh, just our resident expert in um, in what, politics? And you're going to walk us through how and, not to— And families. Well, more politics <laughs> than families. I'll take the family side, And Rudd. not political songs. <laughs> Absolutely not. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
dieters and people who just want to live in a more healthy way now have the ultimate nutritional coach on their side. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. Ask anybody, and they'll tell you they want to eat healthier, but they easily get confused and discouraged, trying to track calories and follow complex formulas. Add the confusion from weekly claims and counterclaims that some superfood will solve this deficiency or that they can't eat their favorite foods ever. Is it any wonder why people give up diets and pig out? There is a space-age answer to the problem, and it's called Vitabot. A former NASA engineer looked at the problem of diet management from his perspective of building telerobotic hardware. He saw the software he wrote for driving robot arms could also handle all the calculations and variables of making nutrition decisions. Vitabot is a web-based personal coach containing thousands of nutritional facts from the National Academy of Science and all the USDA's food data. It instantly looks at whatever you're having and suggests what to add or subtract to make a healthier, balanced meal. A natural side effect is weight loss without drama. Major corporations are using Vitabot in their fitness programs now. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. BYU Radio's This Will Take a While brings you engaging and often digressive conversations about film, books, hockey, geography, culture, art, and pretty much everything else. Join host and BYU film professor Dean Duncan weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, kids, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking politics, but we're talking about them um, not so much about positions and all that, but more the human side of politics, the impact it makes in all of our lives, and and, uh, just really the life that it takes from all of us. I am so excited for this thing to get over, just so I can start being with my family again. (laughs) Wow. Not bad. No, I mean, that just says so much about... Just has so much about the professions of thousands of people, let alone yeah, you that's know, true. A lot of people will be unemployed, but you know what? But at least I'll home. sleep better. <laughs> uh, we're with Rudd Hopkins here. Rudd is uh, our you know BYU broadcast expert, but he's also even more importantly, he's a graduate student. In um, for some odd reason, he chose politics. Yeah, why was I, that? I'll get into that. Okay, good because yeah. and he's newly married. Mm-hmm. Cute as a button. Oh, lover. His wife. And um, he does not <laughs> much to look that? at. Yeah. But uh, I, I was reading on my Facebook page, um, we kind of posted the idea about today's show. Um, so if any of you ever want to, you know, talk about our topics without having to get on the phone with us, um, this, it's a great place to do. Just look me up, Matt Townsend on Facebook. But there's a, there's a few comments I wanted to talk about. And, Rudd, it's really why you're here, okay? Yeah. Elisa. S, we'll call her, we're not going to give their full names, said this on my Facebook page. We don't talk politics at our house or in extended family gatherings. We all have two different of opinions and are rather hot-headed. So when politics comes up, I deflect it with, how about them bears or who wants a taco? <laughs> so I think there's a lot of families out there, Rudd, that just are divided. I don't know who the bears 
Maybe. Oh well, of course, Chicago. Well, but are we talking about college too? No, no. No. Okay. Well, but the fact is, is that you come on sports, but sports could be just as debatable as politics. Don't you think they're the same metaphor? Like last night, I I saw it as a sports metaphor. I I think it WrestleMania. is WrestleMania. It was WrestleMania back 2012. And forth and I I think that uh Did you see by the way? Did you see Mitt Romney grab a chair to smash over the president's head? I thought he was grabbing his notes to smash him over Those the, were end of his the debate. Notes. Was that it? He was grabbing. But it's interesting. Yeah. This metaphor cuz there's some people too that hate politics like they hate sports. Well, I think yeah, there's definitely one can be or have an interest in politics and I'll share this story that we talked yeah. about a little bit, but uh, this just goes along the lines of some people care and some people don't. <laughs> I mean, so again, as Matt mentioned, I was am recently married. I was talking to why, my no, why 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 did she? Turns out, what's her that I was capable of marrying up. Wow, I don't know as far as what she saw down yeah, well, me, but well, maybe she's just really compassionate. She saw that I had a face for radio. <laughs> I think that's what she saw. You said so your voice. If I close my eyes, you're wonderful. Yeah, you're hot. So uh, anyway, we so were talking the other day. Yeah, and uh, I was just bringing up the fact that even within my own family, there's some different views, of right? Political topics and figures, but um, within it was this desire to not offend anyone, but still stay true to what I thought would be the right stance to take on certain policies. Mm-hmm. So after I get wound up for probably about 30 minutes, not wound up like angry, yeah, but, but wound just, up because I was emotionally yeah. invested in this. Mm-hmm. Were you sweating? <sighs> My wife... Was no, a vein protruding no. on your forehead? No, I had no veins. Okay, then you uh, weren't wound up. I, my <laughs> but my hands were doing things listlessly, yes, and I was trying gesturing. to express myself so well. But at the end of it, basically, she said, you know what? Some people care, and some don't as much. So, so shut it. Maybe <laughs> that's an important thing to you, but to other people, it may not be as important. What? It, and what? my world went completely oh, upside down. Crushed. And I thought, why would she not care? Wait a minute. What I'm investing my life towards? Yeah, some people don't care. Degrees. I mean, what's the big deal? No, I know. But I mean, the, the goal, of course, academia professor yeah. pro- prolongating this idea yeah. that everyone should be involved with it. Oh, well, sure. But I think that there are, there's a line. There, some people, all we can do is say, please vote. That's really Please the vote. minimal. That's the interest that people need to have. They need to just vote. Check like a box. It. Vote. But shouldn't we kind of sway it like, please vote the right way? Well, and when you say the right way, that often infers that there's been information. People yes, need to know that they're informed. They need to be informed on their vote. So, or please just vote for my candidate. Okay, I shouldn't admit this on national radio, but yes. when I was younger, I'm not that young anymore. When I was younger. I would actually ask my personal opinion leader who I should vote for because I didn't know you about didn't most know. of the candidates. Right. My opinion leader is also known as mom. So And mom knew who you should vote She would know for. on the local candidates who would be the better choice. That's so good. I would ask her the, the category and she would say, well, this one is for this proposition. This one is not. This one is for this kind of funding. And then she oh, let me choose. Was she really savvy? Was she into politics? She does. She does enjoy it a lot. She's oh, that's cool. And yeah, that's and probably why you're into this. My dad as well. He does enjoy does he like his it? conversation. It might not be as balanced as most, but he enjoys his conversations as well. Has your mom ever been involved in a sit-in? 
in the 60s. Ask her. I should. Ask her. I didn't know a lot of things about my mom. Well, did, she, she, did your mom she, go to Berkeley? She doesn't sit a lot, though. Does it? So she? I don't know if she was a sit-in. But so she's probably not into that. No. But um, <clears throat> but that's cool because where else? really, that's where you're supposed to go to learn this is mom or dad. I mean, that's a great way to be educated. Well, it is a great way to be educated, but I think we have to be careful on how we open the discussion. It needs yeah. to be a discussion format. Totally. It shouldn't necessarily be, okay, so your dad... And your grandpa and your great-grandpa and your great-great-grandpa, they were all this affiliation, and that makes yeah. your family. This so is what we this are. This is the way we do it's it. It's in your blood. But in the same, in the same sense, there are um, – so it should be a discussion, but there could definitely be views expressed. Parents yeah. need to express how they feel. The other is that we don't – I don't – I didn't see it necessarily as this before, but people have certain issues – which pushed them towards certain candidates. Mm-hmm. They've had personal experiences that have led them to feel that this yeah. policy or this piece of legislation, this candidate has a better view on this category. Right. Well, there, you're seeing that with Romney and Obama because people think because he has money mm-hmm. that he can't relate to average income people or lower middle income people. Exactly. And vice versa because Obama was poorer growing up that he can. So that's – I mean all of a sudden I'm like I can relate to one more than the other. Well, yeah. And then there has been – while the incumbent has kind of the the challenge, mm-hmm. if it's a good presidential, presidential term, then he's got the momentum for him. If it's a bad right. one – Busted. Which I'm not saying anything about the last four years, yeah. but I'm just saying it's been hard. That's that's not necessarily in his favor. See, that's why the people in California that have really nice bodies <laughs> voted for um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, he does a and lot. The people more... with bad bodies <laughs> couldn't see it. Most of us are actually movie stars, really. So he was, and you know, Reagan. Hello. He, he, oh, you know, you're exactly right. They are strong on their stance. I think you're right on this. I think you're right. It's it's kind of you relate to these people one way or another. So it's not just in your blood. It's not just family that has to make you be this way. It's some of it's just you have this feeling about them. No, I think that. Or sorry, yes, yes, I agree you. with I was you. Like, don't yes. disagree. No, with you. no, I can take you out right now. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Listeners don't know you're four feet tall. I know that's so, so weird on a really tall chair. Fact is that. Uh, they're also, in a sense, just talking about the parties and families and divides that happen. There are definitely candidates where they're not. It's not one policy. There isn't one person, and you agree with right. all of it. Right. You have to pick and choose what it is you agree with. That's the truth. That's the same with parties. Exactly. I mean, yes. these parties drive me crazy because mm-hmm. really, they're just they're all saying. They're all just lying. There are some people that you feel like they put them there because they're easy yeah, to hate. I agree. I, not to name any that names, but That spin stuff that hate. happens after, yeah. that drives me crazy because I watched what I watched. Yeah. Don't tell me that that was intentional no. and don't tell me that that was smart. That was just messed up. Well, they – Or whatever it was. But I, I'm smart enough to see it. And when I, when I saw that – it's like I saw the accident. It didn't go well. I mean hypothetically. For But you know what? When – don't tell me it wasn't an accident. Yeah. I saw it. It was bad. <laughs> but they <laughs> try to they, they just it's almost like they think we're stupid. Well, and then they again back to that policy issue where there could be um again we we could see definitely with even a religious background of some families. Right. Some of the party platforms may not be so agreeable. Yeah. But there are members of every congregation yeah. on both sides. And so it can't be I'm this 
denomination, so right. I'm this voter. Yeah. And the the other thing that I think we have such a hard time with is we're demonizing the other side. Oh, all the time. And so I – okay, another story for you. So I was at uh, a, a friend's house, and their father – their parents, but father specifically is very active politically in just his advocacy, not necessarily with a party, but just making sure certain agendas get pushed to the front. Agenda in a neutral way, not mm-hmm. a negative yeah. way. But he was seeing that, and he was very passionate about what he said or what he did. But then he went on to say, in an interpretive way, it wasn't cited by any other source, which can be easy for a lot of people to say, don't cite, just say it. So he wasn't citing, but he went on to say that the opposition or the other party, whatever it was, but the other party was like unto someone that would be inspired by the devil. Oh, yeah. And I thought, well, okay, if I'm here and I'm in this situation, of course I'm going to agree with right. him. He'll probably call yeah. me the devil well, if I don't. I don't want to be the devil. Exactly. <laughs> but the fact was is that that experience coupled with another's and others where you see this extreme on either oh, side, there are feelings that yeah. need to be expressed, but to paint others oh, yeah. as evil for their different yeah, I think, views. Yeah. yeah, I think if your decision of going to heaven or not is based on your politics— you're probably missing the whole spiritual no. thing well, because <laughs> it's just not about and, that. And I think that's exactly where we come into the civility because yeah. if you are feeling passionately, passionately towards one side or the other – I mean, for instance, I have a definition of civility Let's here hear for it. you. So this I is from Google, but work. it says that uh, it, civility is formal politeness and courtesy in behavior or speech, huh. polite remarks used in formal conversation. The point, I think, about civility is conversation. It's not a yeah. monologue yeah. about what I think and what it's, I feel. Or even a debate, really. No. And, it's well, about we're sharing. Yeah. Well, and I think you can definitely ex- extrapolate on this yeah. as far as marriages go oh, because absolutely. there's opposing views, yeah. of course, often. But the point is, is the problem is not the person. It's the policy or right. it's not them individually. We've heard both candidates in this race that have been cited, and I think I truly believe they're both wonderful fathers yeah. and husbands. Yep. And by the way, you know, happy anniversary to the Obamas. Right? Yes, Last like night. how cool was that? Yeah. That was a magic moment. So they're, you know, they they should cite their families as important. But the point in the family, but also in any discussion, is if you go into the discussion knowing you're right and the person's wrong without ever having listened, then you're, you're going to be. Well, not only done, but emotionally worked up. Oh, yeah. You will not listen, and it will become heated. And if there's no listening, there's going to be no understanding. And if there's no understanding, there's no learning. And we're going to come back. I want to get into this because how do we do it? So let's, when we come back, let's talk. We could get more into the debate and stuff, but boring. How do you start to extrapolate? How do you teach it? That's neat. Your mom taught you. And there's... The reality, too, I loved it. One of them said last night, you know what? We both love the country. We both want the best for it. But, and then they threw the butt in. But when it comes right down to it, we're much more together than our politics would ever suggest. And, uh, you know, that'll all become very true the minute we have another 9-11. We'll all line up to just like each other again. So uh, let's not push for another horrible tragedy. Let's just learn to get together and to uh, relate. We'll be back with Rudd Hopkins, uh, our resident expert on politics, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.
KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. What song changed my life? There are a lot of songs that changed my life. It's a totally brutal question to try and answer. Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Lea Salonga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch The Song That Changed My Life, Monday nights at 7.30 on BYU-TV. This Saturday and Sunday, Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio is proud to bring you all four general sessions of the semi-annual General Conference of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Tune in at noon and 4 p.m. Eastern on Saturday and Sunday for General Conference live from the Conference Center in Salt Lake City on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Talk about good. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. U.S. officials have finally been allowed to visit and investigate the U.S. Embassy remains in Benghazi, Libya, weeks after the attack that killed Ambassador Chris Stevens and three other Americans. Until today, the U.S. team had been in Tripoli, and according to U.S. Attorney General Eric Holder, they have been actively working on the case. In a statement this morning, Holder said there are multiple locations in and out of the country where relative things are being looked into. The Pentagon confirmed that the FBI team was accompanied by U.S. military personnel and have since left the area. The first major U.S. snowstorm could harm and delay harvests of late-maturing corn and soybean crops. The storm is blowing through northern Midwest, the northern Midwest and is expected to lay down between 5 and 8 inches, according to the National Weather Service. Northeastern North Dakota and northwestern Minnesota are going to be the hardest-hit areas where farmers are still harvesting crops after the worst drought in over half a century. Minnesota is the fourth largest corn-producing state in the nation, and as of Monday, just over half of the corn crop had been harvested. Social media giant Facebook has finally hit the 1 billion monthly user mark. This means that nearly one out of every seven people in the world logs on to Facebook at least once every month. And the site has doubled the the 500 million monthly user mark in just over two years. Worldwide, only 2.5 billion people actually have access to the Internet, so nearly half of all the people online are using the social media site. Despite the milestone, the company's founder, Mark Zuckerberg, admitted to the Today Show that Facebook is going through a rough patch. After a botched initial public offering earlier this year, Facebook's stock has been struggling to recover, and Zuckerberg has been on a constant mission to build investor confidence. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration is cracking down on online pharmaceutical companies that have been selling potentially unsafe and in some cases counterfeit drugs. Today, actions were taken against more than 4,100 web-based pharmacies worldwide, and with the help of over 100 countries, websites have been taken down and drug supplies have been seized. This move was part of the fifth annual International Internet Week of Action, which is meant to help stop the sale of dangerous medicines online. Counterfeit drugs taken between September 25th and October 2nd added up to 3.7 million doses, worth an estimated $10.5 million. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. 
Welcome back to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking politics, and you just can't get enough of it right now. This is really going to be the only show we'll do today on politics. Um, But what we're trying to do is not just talk politics. Politics, we want to talk kind of about the human side of politics, what, why it divides us, why we get so angry about it, why there are people right now in their homes that aren't talking or sleeping with their partner because of a debate last night. It shouldn't be so divisive. And joining us is Rudyard Hopkins. He likes to be called Rudyard. Uh, he makes it – he feels like a writer, author. When he, I'm writing history. Yes, you are. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great show, by the way, on BYU television. <laughs> <laughs> writing history. Yeah, Come gotta, to see. You got to go check it out. Yeah. So, Rudd, um, you know, it doesn't have to divide us. You're right. We're, we can – you telling a great story about how your mom kind of taught you the ropes of politics. It can unify us. Uh, one, of the, one of the people that was on my Facebook page had a really cool um, thought. It's really been wonderful to watch the debate with my children. And have them be interested, more interested as they keep growing older and older. I love to sit back and hear their reactions to the comments of each candidate. Amazingly, in my immediate family, um, politics unites us. Extended family, most of us agree with each other. But when we don't agree, we just change the subject. That tends to work best. That's from Lara F. Um, on my on my Facebook page. It doesn't have to divide us. Um, no. What do we do? I mean, I guess... What do we do? What are some more things we can do to unify us? You know, I just thought of another story here. What? Well, this is just within my family. Yeah. Keyword family. Yes. Right? The point of the show. So I have, or my grandfather on my dad's side, he grew up uh, depression, served World War II, and there were a lot of other experiences throughout America's history that kind of swayed or shaped his opinion towards certain leaders of the United States. Mm-hmm. So... Whenever I would become or involved or passionate or just wanted to discuss with my dad certain issues, his comment sometimes was certain things were, don't bring that up with your grandfather. <laughs> just don't bring it up. He's not very fond of this that or that. That is the third rail. Don't touch that. And I love the fact that I have a grandfather, but we just don't talk about it with yeah. my grandfather. But the point is with my dad, which I feel is very much is different, but the fact is, is after the debate last night, I thought I should call my dad because we wanted to talk about it. Oh, cool. And it's not that we have uh, uh, the same opinions on everything. Right. But the fact is, is that I feel I can have a conversation. Yeah. And it's a validation of listening. Oh, okay. So you feel important about that. Well, this is my my opinion on this as well. And that that kind of a that kind of an atmosphere that to have. So with my children, future children. Right. What I would want to do is the same thing. Discussion format, tell me everything you think, what's important, and I'll share the same. But That's no matter cool. if it be one side or the other, but the fact is it needs to be talked about. Well, think of that. That's how we – I mean we should be setting our kids up to be successful citizens, right? Mm-hmm. To be – to understand politics, to understand their responsibility to vote, to understand their responsibility to be active politically if that's – you know, they don't have to be, but that's a great right of yours. And um, I think that is the role of parents. We can just leave it again, I guess, like everything else to the schools or <laughs> I, we could just teach it. Well, and the fact is, is in an educational process, the most successful experience is with the – 
with the involvement of the family as well as schooling. Yeah. Schooling, of course, is a personal choice. Whatever your family yeah. feels is appropriate. But the parents have to be there every step of the way. Maybe it's just to answer a question. Yeah. The kids have a question about homework. Great. Answer the question. But otherwise, parents also can act as the backboard, the debater, yeah. or the sounding board. Here's another idea. Have you thought of this one? I mean, like when my daughter was a freshman in college, she brought home all these newfangled ideas. And you're like, huh. Okay, that's interesting. Have you ever thought of this one? And it's like just the opposite. And she's like, hmm, no. So, Dad, I don't want to talk about this anymore. You're making me think. But it's interesting. And it it could be something as simple. But how how neat is that, that for your father, that's kind of a pretty neat honor, that after a debate, you think of him. After... Uh, a really big game, I think of my son and my son thinks of me and we'll immediately text each other. Yeah. So after politics, wouldn't that be cool? In fact, interestingly, my daughter that is fairly politically minded just texted me this morning. We haven't heard from her. She's abroad in a, in a study abroad thing. And uh, I heard from her today. And she says, what did you think about that debate? Boom. Boom. And so it's telling me. Your PhD paid off. Yeah, totally. Wow. Yeah. Plus, she's in a country where she could easily be killed because it's so dangerous. <laughs> so, and so the debate really mattered. Of course it did. Um, one of the things that I guess we get into is, is to kind of figure out who to believe, right? And I mean, because politics is so crazy. So with so much going on in the news, you know, who do we believe? Our producer, Madison Allred, shares her techniques and experience with deciphering fact from fiction. As we go on in this political debate, I often ask myself if the public is losing faith in our political system. We all make jokes about how crooked politicians are, but how many lies will it take till we put our foot down and demand a change? My personal view is rather optimistic. I like to believe the best of people, but as I watch these debates, I try not to be cynical and to merely hope that the next shall not be brutal. But if it came to a point of ridiculousness, I would be one of the first to complain to the media and to each candidate's campaigns about it. It is widely known that this presidential race has been one of the most vicious campaigns. It seems that everywhere you turn, there are outrageous claims, and it becomes hard to tell if it is fact or fiction. It seems like we cannot trust the news channels either. It seems that we are entering into an age of the demise of journalism. It used to really matter during the election season to maintain a resemblance of neutrality, but now it seems like every news station is slanted. Who can tell you what is the truth? These questions gave rise to the fact checkers. These people or organizations check the facts and the claims that both candidates have made and see if they are correct. For the most part, people believe the fact checkers, but who was fact checking the fact checkers? Fact-checking has turned into a technique for some nonpartisan journalists to share their opinion as facts. Also, organizations and sponsors of fact-checking sites are partisan, so naturally they want the opposing view to be scrutinized more than their top candidate. The credibility of these fact-checking sites are always under suspicion, but they seem necessary in order for us to form our own opinions. For me to determine between fact and fiction... My solution to finding the truth has always been to subscribe to as many newspapers, fact-checking websites, and political blogs as I can. I regularly receive about 50 emails a day from these different organizations, and I read all of them. The easiest way for me is to tell if something is fact or fiction is to categorize the different subjects of all their opposing arguments. 
Since the fact-checking organizations that I subscribe to are a wide variety of opinions, if something is generally characterized as false by both sides, then I trust that. But what about when it seems like each organization has a different opinion? That is when I do my own research. I actually have a sheet set up where I write down who said what, where, etc. And I search to find the information that I need. This may seem a bit extensive for someone who this is not their passion, but for me, I see it as vitally important to be educated on all major issues. I encourage everyone to broaden at least a little bit of their political views and then to make a decision for yourself about what you believe should be done. That's Madison Allred, uh, fact-checking the fact-checkers. No, and I just can't say enough for that last part. The fact is, is you need to you need to consult various sources, and there are uh, people have been turning to the same channel for ages. Yeah. No matter what the channel is, no matter what his people name, will whatever. always watch the same yeah. one, which is great because we want to hear validation. We want right. to hear, oh, I agree with that, and that's even more now than ever, don't you think? I no. mean, yeah. there's now there's two pools of media. Uh-huh. It seems like, and you can kind of pick your pool. Well, and then, and so of course the 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 battle becomes okay. So we know the the popular thought, liberal thoughts or progressive programming mm-hmm. dominates television. The other flip the flip side of it is talk radio. For most part, right, it is dominated by conservative ideals right. or conservative programming. But the fact that all things we can't paint, we can't demonize, we can't say this has nothing for me. I should not listen to right. it. There is, of course, a line where you say, I need to, I really strongly agree with this, but I need to know why do I agree with this? Yeah. One of the things that I found out is that I am so confident with what I, what I think is because I know the other options. Yeah. And this is the one I Can chose. Can you see all the other options? You got to, this is about growing a mind, not a position, right? This is about growing all of you, mm-hmm. not a position. Um, that's why we have BYU Radio. Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. We do that because we don't, we don't want to be biased. I mean, we're all biased, right? But um, you're all big people with brains. We just want to give you tools and ideas. And I guess if I want to polarize something, let me try to polarize a healthy family. <laughs> let me try to polarize a relationship. There's enough stations out there, but make sure you're getting your information right. In fact, we're going to test you on this, Rudd. We're going to play another little game, okay? Oh, boy. Because we know you're a highly trained expert. Ugh, and expert. so what we're going to talk here, we're going to do um, – we basically want you to, to, to tell us who said this. Wow. These okay, are quotes. you ready? Yep. Was it Mitt Romney or Barack Obama? Well, that ready was for the a cool first intro, one? by the way. Oh, we got another one here, too. You know, you do this. Okay, Rudd, your first question – who said the following last night? Quote, we've seen this model work really well in Massachusetts. President Obama. Correct. Yes. Wow. See, well, I would have gone with Romney. He had lots of good things to say, which which uh, Governor Mitt Romney mentioned. I'm glad you've studied up on my plan and seen the great things that happened. But this is how I would change it. And it was like did you memorize? Masterful. Did you memorize the debate? It was a wonderful, wonderful event. I Give me one. I oh. want one. Okay, you ready? This is easy. Hmm. Regulation is essential. You can't have a free market work without regulation. Ann Romney. Ann Romney. Okay. Uh, no, 
Uh, regular, uh, that's Mitt Romney. That was Mitt Romney, correct. But he's playing the devil's advocate mm-hmm. after Obama had already skewered it. I noticed that President Obama mentions free enterprise, yes. which is dangerously close to free market, Ooh. which is a Republican thought. Yeah, I think you're reading but, too much into it. No, but anyway, the fact is, See, you're right, man. You've got that. You're mi- right. You got that mind. Can we get his wife on the phone to validate him? <laughs> okay, you're right. So- so okay. I, after Just going to a, a lot of trouble to trying to find quotes there that sounded like the opposite person. Those were the easy ones. Now you I'm going to be really your mean, voice. and I'm going to pick one that could be anybody. I put forward a $4 trillion deficit reduction plan. President Obama. Correct. Oh, bing! I'm no good at this thing. No, this is easy. Great. I'd fool you guys every single time. Talk- we, we watched it four times. That was actually a topic <laughs> of the fact finder on one of the programs that covered the station, but... It uh, it included some numbers that may or may not be. I mean, as yeah, all things all, may be that way. Yeah. We look at the most optimistic mm-hmm. point of view, and it's we like quote a Big that. Mac. Yeah, they're good for you. Of course, they taste good. They have, you know, calories and vegetables and meat. <laughs> and... Okay, here's another one. This is mine, and I can feel it. It's already going to be Obama. Dodd Frank correctly says that we have to have qualified mortgages, and if you give a Romney. mortgage at Correct. Ding. Ding. Well, I, wow. The big loser tonight is, or this afternoon is me. <laughs> yeah, you need to pick. You don't. You didn't think we were this politically. Savvy. No, I had no you, idea. You, you guys couldn't have picked complete sentences. I play stupid, <laughs> so I have an advantage. <laughs> You're just the level above that. I'm, yeah. Give us wow. another one. Okay. Rudd, but like test Rudd. Give him the hard one. Oh, see if I'm really an expert. Give him like, one from McCain. <laughs> <laughs> Joe the plumber. No, I'm just <laughs> Joe the plumber says. Likewise, a study of American businesses says 30% of them are anticipating on dropping people from their health coverage. That would be President... No. Oh, I didn't say that. Governor Mitt Romney. Correct? Yes, I knew it. I knew that one. Yeah, You almost messed up. I did. I so knew that one. Maybe I was foreseeing the future. You were just... Yeah, you're living on the edge. (laughs) You got another one, dog? Yeah, let's see if we got one more. You're reading. You're reading deep, I can tell. Let's make sure that we are cutting out those things that are not helping us grow. Okay, I'm going to just say do, that's do, a Romneyism. Do, do. Final answer. Wrong! Boy! Oh, oh. <sighs> that was from President Barack Obama. See, you know, okay, this is how it could work. How could it work? If you wanted to do this right, you just remember they're politicians. Think who you thought would say it and then choose the opposite. But and boom, you're I, in politics. I, I think that these quotes have because they're so similar. I think it has everything to say about last night because there was so much substance to the debate. There wasn't really any meandering. There wasn't personal yeah. jabs. There wasn't any character debate. It was all about policy. And they both went back and forth and on multiple occasions said, you know what? The other one's right on fundamentally, but they're wrong on this point or this point. But they did acknowledge similarities between the two in some cases. But uh, they had, again, I was just shaking. It was so good. That was what I I actually was too. I wasn't shaking. I was nowhere near shaking. Your epilepsy hasn't. Well, no, but, you know, anyway, the um, but part of what I was excited about is they have a lot in common. So I'm sitting there thinking, so we're really fighting about the 20% where we disagree, but a lot of what we're talking about, there's a lot of agreement on, really. I, yeah, there are, there are things. There's they, more. I mean, I think we just, it's just, 
that's why they don't want to give a ton of detail because the details are where we're going to start disagreeing. They are so similar that the host or he had to yeah. ask, do we disagree on this topic? Yeah. And then they're like, <laughs> don't make us agree publicly. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, Rod. We're going to be back uh, wrapping up the show. We're going to have our, um, you know, one of our great producers on, Bryce Tobin, telling us, uh, doing a little rant on why he hates politics. And, Rod, you're going to give a chance to just walk him off the cliff. Not off the cliff. Off the window With ledge. The back into the building. Exactly. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Once available only to astronauts, it's Space Toothpaste. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. In the 1960s, NASA had many unique problems to solve for successful human spaceflight. Some were serious, like surviving deadly radiation, the vacuum of space, and the searing heat of reentry. Others were less life and death, but still practical problems to solve, like how to brush your teeth in zero-G without a glass of water or a sink to spit into. Dr. Ira Shannon helped the Johnson Space Center develop a special kind of toothpaste you could swallow without needing to spit it out or add water. The astronauts found it worked well, and some even kept using it at home for family use after missions. Designed not to foam up or make bubbles, ingestible toothpaste is ideal for kids or people that may have paralysis or otherwise need a lot of help with personal care. And while the original brand, called Nasident, isn't sold anymore, the benefits of the space toothpaste concept live on today in other dental hygiene products made specifically for use with infants and the bedridden or elderly. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. BYU's record label, Tantara Records, has recorded some of the best musical performances both on and off BYU's campus. Join host Ron Simpson for behind-the-scenes musical exclusives and intimate outtakes. Tune into the Tantara Hour with Ron Simpson, weekdays at 10 a.m. at 8 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're wrapping up the show here on the Matt Townsend Show. Uh, We've been talking politics the entire time. And are you sick of it? Because a lot of people apparently are done. They just want this election over with so we can get on with our really miserable life. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. Speak for yourself. I know. Sorry. Uh, I didn't mean that. Um, But our, our, our incredible producer, Bryce Tobin, has a few thoughts about politics that he'd just love to share with us. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. 
You want to know what's worse than watching a pointless argument? Watching politics. Oh no, wait, that is watching a pointless argument. Sorry for the confusion. My bad. But seriously, politics annoy me. My first big problem is the party system. It's no longer about the person, it's all about the party. And it's really hard to tell because what we see is a person up for election. But this person is spouting off the same things as his progenitors and his colleagues. And it's political suicide to be your own person. I've noticed that if they don't kiss up to their party, their party will turn on them. Mmm, cannibalism. My other problem is what I call the so-and-so is a bozo, no wait they're a master conspiracist, oh no wait they're a bozo claims. Which one is it? Because I hear you changing your own story mid-sentence. Are they smart or are they dumb? I mean, sure, there's savants, but those guys are pretty easy to pick out of a crowd. You can't be simultaneously intelligent and unintelligent. Do you know how complex a conspiracy is? Let's take one from US history. Remember the Manhattan Project? You know the one where they gathered a bunch of the world's best physicists to come up with the first nuclear fission bomb ever, then test it, then ship it over to Japan to be used twice, all before anyone really had any idea what was going on? I'm gonna say that was a pretty successful conspiracy. And keep in mind that this was during a time before the TV. I have a feeling that they had really smart people to take care of everything. I couldn't imagine an unintelligent person, or worse, a group of them, being able to get the job done in this case. So a person is either dumb or they are smart. And if they're in a high political position, I bet it's safer to assume that they're more smart than dumb. But my biggest problem is that no matter who wins, we all lose, because science keeps losing support. What's likely to get more attention financially or otherwise, adorable owls or undiscovered particles? Which is more likely to grab your immediate attention, your home that's foreclosing, or the polluted haze that's collecting in the skies above your house? What I'm getting at is that the political game is too short-sighted. It is abundantly clear that everyone is only concerned with getting elected and then trying not to mess up for however many years their term may last. They like to talk about long-term change, but it all looks like what I call the air conditioning fight. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You get home at 2 in the afternoon and it's hot in your house. You bump into someone you're living with at the air conditioning control and you both notice that it's turned off. As the other person reaches to turn it on full blast, you say, wait, don't do that. It's not going to get cold until the sun goes down, and then we will have wasted a bunch of money trying to make things cooler in futility. Let's just find another way to deal with things and wait till it gets cooler outside, and then turn it on so that we won't waste money, and then it will actually be cold. Then this person looks at you and says, What's this balderdash? We need it to be cold now, so let's make it cold now, and then we'll be cold later. Well, both aren't wrong. By the end of the day, you won't want to be sweltering, but one certainly costs more, while the other one does not alleviate suffering, but neither will yield to the other. To be frank, there was a lot of wisdom in Sir Isaac Newton's third law that for every action there is an equal and opposite reaction. Right, left, red, blue. To me, they all exist in response to each other, like protons and electrons, or shadows and light. You take one away, you can't have the other. But I'll summarize how I feel about all this with a tweet from last night. It said, I was gonna vote for, insert candidate here, but after watching the debate, I'm gonna vote for, insert that exact same candidate. Said by everyone. So if what they do doesn't change how you feel, what does it really matter? All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. That was a great rant. I think he brought up a lot of things that are relevant. And he used the word balderdash. Wow. Have you played is... that game? No. Oh. We don't play games like that. Well, I do. <laughs> Sorry. You do. Oh, were you talking about political games? Yeah, or political balderdash. Games? Exactly. So, because he's got her, he's right. I mean, in a way, it's just a bunch. Now, you know, it's cynical because Bryce, we make Bryce play the cynic because he's yeah. really not that cynical. Of course not. Well, I'm, since the accident, he has been. Of course. But before that, he's just a great guy. Was that when the political herd ran him over? Yeah, that's when he is it, was at a voter registration. Oh, meeting, it was a rally. Know, 
it was a yeah, it was bad. Oh yeah. So Phil, one. what do you think? Give us a give us a, this is Rudd Hopkins, by the way, whose whose wife Bree just texted him, and just gave him the sweetest little love of Hey babe, you're the best. I love you. So Bree, thanks for listening to Rudd. We appreciate and all thanks of for our taking listeners. him home because we're all wondering where he goes at night if he didn't go home to you. Um, so fill us in, Rudd. What, really, what do you think? What should we do if we're out there, we're starting to get cynical like Bryce? Well, I think that is definitely something that many people can feel. I mean, it is some way the game. They can call it that. Yep. And you have to play. Again, partisanship was mentioned as well. Right. That is and has been since Jefferson and Madison forming the Democratic Party. Right. They that began partisanship. Ideally it was set up where there would be nothing. So with the partisanship, the game they call it as far as playing to constituents but also appeasing the supporters, the sponsors, those super PACs, the donors, all of those things. It can get convoluted, mm-hmm. definitely. There's fog. But I think the most important thing there is or should not be most feel a mass result, revolt by not voting. Right. If you don't vote, then that's saying, I don't care or those people I don't like. Of course, yes, that's what it could say. But if you also do that, then don't talk about problems because yeah, you didn't whining. do anything about yeah. it. Vote or get off the pot. Now, there may not be some that you like, some you like more. But the fact is, is if you want to solve problems, you vote. I agree. And... and- I can't see. That's coming, Rudd, from a guy with a bow tie that has all the signatures from the constitutional. You you know, Matt, you said that you were a relationship expert, Mm -hmm. and I can tell. No, highly trained relationship expert. Very trained. We were talking about your picture book dissertation for your PhD. Totally true. But I can tell that you noticed the details. Yes. And I appreciate that. Well, someone has to. Thank you. And it's your your tie is crooked. I know. we're wrapping it up. Here's the deal. Go love your kids. Honestly, when Obama won last year, I thought that was, or last time that was way cool. It changes the world. We can unite around anybody. We can unite around whoever wins this race. It's not about one party or another. It's about America. It's about teaching your kids how to just be good citizens. Keep listening to the show, folks. We'll be back Monday through Friday, and let's change our lives by changing ourselves. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. BYU's second season of football independence is underway, and all season long you can hear every snap on BYU Radio. What a play! Join us every game day as Greg Rubel calls the action. Keeps on his feet. Has a man open. Plus, don't miss pre- and post-game coverage with the game's key players and coaches. We have a strong reputation of when the games are close to find a way to win. Over seven hours of football coverage every game day, all season long. Touchdown! Here on the home of Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Turkish artillery strikes on Syrian border towns were stepped up today in a continued backlash against a mortar shell from Syria that killed five Turkish civilians. 
The artillery shelling killed several Syrian soldiers, and now Turkey's parliament has approved further military action if any more cross-border combat occurs. Syria's government attempted to defuse the situation by apologizing for the mortar through the United Nations, assuring Turkey that it would not happen again. The Turkish prime minister says that the approval of further deployment of troops to the area in the case of any more aggressive action from Syria is meant to act as a deterrent. He also stated that Turkey is not seeking war as the consequences of it can plainly be seen in Iraq and Afghanistan. Just a day ahead of the latest jobs report, the S&P 500 is on the edge of a new five-year high. If tomorrow's news is encouraging, analysts expect the index to reach this five-year milestone and continue a week-long climb. The small increase in new unemployment claims has also helped to encourage investors that the coming report will show some significant job growth just ahead of the holiday season. Coal stocks were also on the rise today after presidential candidate Mitt Romney expressed his support for the fuel in the debate last night. Atwater, California, declared a state of fiscal emergency last night, which puts the city of 28,000 on track to become the fourth in the nation's most populous state to declare bankruptcy this year. California law does require local governments to try and settle debts with creditors to avoid bankruptcy, but allows them to declare fiscal emergency status and file for bankruptcy anyway. The city fell on hard times after the local housing market collapsed, heavily reducing property tax revenues. Furloughs and a hiring freeze have not proved to be enough to breach the $3 million budget gap the city was left with. California-based company SpaceX is getting set to launch their second Dragon capsule to the International Space Station. The launch is set for this Sunday and is the first of 12 deliveries contracted to SpaceX by NASA for $1.6 billion. If all goes well, the Dragon will be docked at the International Space Station for a few weeks, dropping off food, clothing, and science experiments, and will return to Earth at the end of October with completed experiments. With the shuttles grounded, private companies are one of NASA's only outlets to keep the station stocked. Russian, Japanese, and European governments are the only other programs capable of sending these important supplies. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Coming up next on Real Families, Real Answers. <laughs> 